Hello, sweet friends and soul fam. Welcome to Reclaim Her, the podcast. I'm your host, Chantel Aitchison, founder of Meet Your Soul Magic, five-time CEO and intuitive strategist for heart-led soulpreneurs who are ready to build visibility, momentum, impact, and income in their business simply by being who you were born to be. In this space, I hope to empower you to reclaim your inner wisdom and your inner power and ignite a spark deep within your soul that gives you the courage to start your own journey into alignment. Welcome back. Oh my gosh, today's episode, I have my very first guest ever on the podcast and I am beyond honored to welcome Nicole from the Seed of Joy. She is an embodied motherhood guide and she walks with women to reclaim their birthright, a rooted mothering experience that is embodied and joyful. And truthfully, when I connected with Nicole, she really showed me what was possible in terms of motherhood and how important and sacred the experience of owning your motherhood in conjunction to your children's childhood. She has shown me in so many ways what is possible when we choose to witness and to see the bliss and the joy and the beauty in the everyday mundane moments of motherhood and how to really anchor in that frequency and rewrite the templates of how we mother and not just how we mother, but how we experience motherhood how we experience life how we relate to life and how so many of us really weren't born and raised to the standard to which we want to mother these days so i can't wait to dive in this is such a powerful episode and if you are a mama on your journey there is definitely something for you in this space so let's dive in Oh, okay. Hello. I can't. Yeah, I'm so excited. We finally got to, yeah, connect after you so kindly accommodating my like canceling three times. But I mean, no, no, absolutely. It's just it's the way that the seasons go, you know. Like it's the time of the year, and um, I think it's so beautiful. And as like as moms and as business owners, we actually like get to honor that with each other and and hold that space for each other I think that's so beautiful so like for us to be able to connect now and it just yeah be divine timing I love it yeah yeah. um before I'll let you like introduce your beautiful magical self but first I just wanted to just reflect back a little bit of like the impact that you have made in my life and like we barely even know each other and like this is the funny thing about Instagram because like very rarely do I just like randomly connect with somebody like I didn't see I think it was just in like my feed like it was wasn't even like a a, somebody shared your post or whatever it was it was the post that was like it takes a queen to raise kings and oh my god I'm gonna start crying already but you have shown me what is possible in mothering and in mothering sons and coming from a place like I know we share so many parallels in our stories of like you know being a boy mom and losing our daughter during through miscarriage and knowing that her soul is like with us and still guiding us so much I always for so long carried this this energy of like I'm meant to raise like strong independent women because that's what the world needs when it was like Mm -hmm. oh no we actually need to raise conscious 
heart-led men who can hold the divine feminine and who can hold the container in which the structure of the new generation needs, the new earth needs, right? Oh my gosh, I could go on forever, but there's just so much that I I just love everything about you. Um, everybody, this is Nicole. <laughs> um, if you just want to share like who you are and what your soul mission is in this season of life, please take the floor. Yeah. So I am a mother of four sons under seven. Mm-hmm. And we're down in the desert. And so much of my soul mission in all spaces and times is to raise, like you said, those like heart-led warriors, like mm-hmm. really deeply embodied masculine beings. I am so conscious of what I am offering for the next generation through them. And you're right, I think it's really easy, especially in these days, the circles that you and I both probably run in to, to be really aware of like what's passing from womb to womb and the way that we impart birth and bleeding rights onto daughters is so valuable. But those daughters also need partners mm-hmm. and need men and need the masculine to show up for them and protect them and hold that space for that honor and reverence to burn more brightly. And yeah. so I'm just so aware that like I'm raising husbands and I'm raising fathers and I'm raising protectors and I'm raising guardians of mother babies someday. And the next generation of my lineage is going, is not going to thrive unless there are are great men protecting it. And so I am. And then I get to walk with women and connect with them on that work and and this other piece of not just raising my sons to be brilliant men, but raising them with an awareness and model of what their role is as husband and fathers. And that also requires showing them what a nourished mother looks like, what a healthy postpartum looks like, what undisturbed birth looks like, what a mother that knows how to rest and be still and enjoy and soften looks like. And that's really the work where I find I get to pull other women in and connect with them there is, is knowing, yes, we are the keepers of their childhood, but we're also the curators of our motherhood. And those are those are separate things. And our children need to see that. They need us to show up for them in the kingdom of childhood. But they also need the model of what does it look like to be a nourished adult? Yes. Son or daughter. They need to see what it looks like to hold boundaries around their own wellness and to create that for yourself and to claim personal responsibility over how you experience your life. Ah, I can't, I can't love that more. And I think it like, it goes back to something that I've, it's been so true to me in my life and in the message that I send out through my business is if we want to take care of future generations, we have to start with the mothers. And it's, it really is rewriting these templates. We are born and raised in a conditioned society that like motherhood is exhausting and depleting and it's never about you until your kids are grown up and then you get your life back. And it's like, well, well, what was that? Like motherhood doesn't end when your kids turn 18. Like, you know, I'm almost 34. I'm still calling my mom. Like I still, you know what I mean? I still, and, you know, rewriting those templates in which like we were mothered from. 
and how differently it shows up between child to child. I think like I know I shared a little bit about my journey through motherhood. I wouldn't even be sitting here today in this I don't know this version of who I am if it wasn't for becoming a mother. And I actually have like a picture of both Easton and Wilder beside me to just like remind me of what that journey was like for me. And I know I shared a little bit about how I like blacked out the first two or three years of my motherhood journey because it was so isolating and so alone. I didn't I didn't know where I fit into it. And it was like, and it's so funny when I think about Easton and like, you're an Aries too. You got all the fire energy in you and he is that. And it's funny in human design, his life theme is all about shocking people into awakening. And, and if that's not what he did to me, to my core, and there's so many moments that like, I had to move out of feeling such shame and such guilt for the version of the mom that he got for the first couple years of his life to be like, you know what? His soul chose me and his soul needed me and he needed me in that capacity. And it's just, what does that look like for you? Like to be, I mean, I'll probably jump all over the place right now, like when we chat, but like, what does it look like for you from like where your motherhood journey started to where it is now because I could say the same thing of like oh wow like now I have like my second son and like I I almost feel guilty that he gets this version of me like what does Liam get versus your first oh my god it's so different (laughs) it's so (laughs) different I am so much more secure Mm. with Liam than I was with Owen and my I think this is why this comes up for me so often in my work. Like my devotion has been consistent. Mm-hmm. Devotion is a part of who I am. I devote myself to friendships and to marriages and to children and to, I am devoted to my tasks. And I'm comfortable in that space. So I gave to Owen completely, but I also was available to become, to be unsteady by him. Mm-hmm. And Owen shares that similar space of like, he's a disruptor. (laughs) He just is. And a lot of people would look at that and be like, he's chaotic and he's destructive. And he's like, fucking everything up all the time. (laughs) But he also is just, I liken him to like a river. Like he forces strong and true and powerful and he will eventually shape the world to his movement, to his liking. And he is unrelenting in that nature. And so there's a certain, up to a certain point, it was really easy to show up for that and be like unruffled by that because he was two and there's like only so much power a two-year-old even has right? Like they're just not that capable to throw you off your game because yeah. they're small and they can't do much. But damn, they can. <laughs> <laughs> they will sure try at least. And so when I got to like four-year-old Owen, three and a half-year-old Owen, where we had bigger capacity and bigger feelings and bigger movement, I was totally available to be thrown. Mm. And and definitely landed in this place of like, 
um turns out I don't know what I'm doing like I felt like I was crushing it up until this moment and now I'm saying how much I'm not and I think for me yeah those places of guilt and really grief is underneath that the grieving of not being to able to offer him as much as I could have offered him now that is soothed by my knowing that I literally could not have become this woman without him. Mm. Oh, I'm I could not already have. because so it's no yeah. fault of my own that I hadn't delivered myself here. He was my deliverance. Yeah, he was my path forward. Mm. There are places of myself that I that that were left unaccessed for 22 years until he arrived to me. He was the key. He was the key. And so he did craft me into a mother for his little brothers. Yeah. And he did create an environment where Liam gets to have a mother that's wildly different than Owen did. In so many ways the same, but in so many ways not. And that is his role. And rather than shaming myself for that, I make room for the grief. And I allow myself to hold grief and gratitude in equal measure. And I find that if I were to internalize shame over the spaces where I failed him, there's an undercurrent of distrust where I am projecting that I do not trust his path, where I do not trust his role in our family, where I do not trust his capacity to experience the life he chose. And so there is a level of reverence and respect of my son to say, I trust you in your timing. And I thank you for that timing. And I'm not going to make any of us feel bad about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, you've changed so many perspectives in how I view my children. And I think I think that it goes for a lot of people. We weren't, we were never taught to like respect children. Do you know what I mean? To just to say it as plain as day, to to trust them. We weren't, we're not taught to trust them. We're not taught to, you know, respect them and their journey. We are so taught to like control it. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I love so much is how much space and freedom you give your children to be who they are and how they are like what does that look like for you you know when you have four of them going in four different directions and you're (laughs) four different versions of you for each of them and yeah like how do you how do you manage all of that and still stay grounded and nourished in your motherhood within their childhood yeah, it's such it's such a task, right? <laughs> it's a full-time job times four. It's, a full, it's, it's all of it. It's a 24-7 experience that we're having. Um yeah, I think I think so much of I don't even want to say like my success, but my comfort in that place. Mm. You can from... say success. Oh <laughs> yeah. sometimes I'm like they're not grown yet sometimes I'm like I don't want to tell anyone it's working because like I'm not done but (laughs) working right now (laughs) like right now we're we're steady 
Yeah. Um, and I, I have found comfort and success in those steps and in those places of my motherhood where I continually turn towards their body and my body. Mm. And that's why so much of my work is talking about like primal mothering. I'm not in a gentle parent. I'm not an attachment parent. I'm not an authoritative parent. I'm not, I'm in none of those things. It's primal. Yeah. And I think this is where that conversation of like your motherhood is happening simultaneously alongside their childhood is it's very easy to be a primal mother to your child and to follow their body. That's the mothers that are choosing to birth undisturbed, they're choosing to observe postpartum periods, they're choosing to post-sleep or feed on demand or whatever those choices look like, where it's, I'm attuned to my child's body, I see what he calls of me and I get it. And I'm going to just continue to deserve, I'm just going to offer myself to him that way. This this holy service and sacrifice. And it's easier to forget that we have the same responsibility to offer ourselves to ourselves and to be in fully sacrifice and service of ourselves and that's where I find that balance yeah where yes I'm tending to children all day and all night every day and every night but I am constantly turning towards myself Mm -hmm. and I set boundaries around that really clearly where yeah I'm gonna serve you breakfast and then you guys are gonna help me pick up and then, yeah, I'm going to sit down and read to you, but I'm going to make myself a cup of tea first. And no, I'm not going to share. I'll tell them. I'm like, this isn't for sharing. This is nourishment for mama's body. Yeah. Oh, I'm a human. I need to be nourished. And there was this moment I talked about it before. I had this moment where it all shifted, where I had a three-year-old, a 19-month-old, and a two-month-old. Oh, my God. And I was tandem nursing the last two. And I tracked it one day. I had a child latched for 16 to 18 hours a day out of 24 for months. Yeah. And there's a moment where like the tiny baby was asleep and I got him to peel off my body. And I was like, the big boys had already ate big. They were little, but the bigger of the boys (laughs) had eaten. (laughs) And I was like leaning over the kitchen sink, just like shoveling food in my mouth before the baby called me to latch it again. And my 19-month-old was like tugging on my leg and asking for something. It was very whiny as he did it. And I turned to him and I was like, I need to eat. I am also a human. I need food. And he looked at me, borderline disgust. And he goes, you not human. You mama. (laughs) Oh, Oh, my God. And I was just like, oh, we have a problem. Yeah, this is where this is where this shifts. We have a problem. I have taught you that I am nothing more than an extension of you. And I am an extension of you. You are an extension of me. Like we are any unit. Yes, I'm part of me was like, I'm so glad that you see that, that I am your world. Yeah. We also are having a problem if you think I don't deserve food because you've already eaten. And so that really kicked off this process of choosing to weave nourishment into my days in different ways and and really just this immediate download of an unwillingness to be malnourished any longer Mm -hmm. i think it always takes us to get to those like rock bottom places too it's like okay this is not good for me anymore it's not good for everybody that's kind of how this is not serving us no this is not serving us 
And I love that piece as well, because I found even, even outside of like motherhood and so much of my own work that I've been doing over the last like couple of years, I was getting really, really good at choosing what I was energetically available for in relationships and friendships, in my marriage, all the things. And I was noticing like, like those, those things were strengthening. I was like improving those areas of my life. I wasn't setting those same energetic boundaries with my boys. And I was, they were, I mean, they're still, they were, they were ruling the roost. And I was just like getting to this point where it was easier to like, just like give them what they wanted than to like set the boundaries and set the tone. And I think, I don't remember the exact moment, but I think I got this line from you. I swear to God. And it was like, I am not available for this. And this was like the shift for them when they were like hugging at me or like just not giving me a second or they weren't listening to anything or I needed a minute too to like eat. And it was like shifting my language to them from like, no, stop, don't do this. Go be quiet. Like I need a minute to be like, mama's not available for this right now. You are important. I will get to you in a minute, but right now, like I need to eat. I need to shower. I I need to go to the washroom, like all of these things. And shifting that language really does shift something. And I know that's something that you've like worked with too over the last while of like this language that shows up and I see like your reels with Owen and stuff and what he says would be like what about the it was the one about the dog and like I think I'm not sure who oh, it was Owen yeah. but when um like he wanted to pet someone's dog and they were like no yeah. they don't really they're not really good with kids he's like okay that's your boundary yeah those are no like three-year-old he was oh like, three-year-old oh, oh my gosh not even the boundary. six or seven years. just like say goodbye <laughs> like how did you get to that point and how do you like how do you like for a mom that is like just really starting like this is me for the mom I'm the mom (laughs) for the mom that is like I really want to start creating boundaries that feel safe and nourishing for them to adhere to that don't feel like limitations and restrictions that they just want to go bypass all the time that's the key how where do I start with that yeah I think it's a it's such a huge shift to begin to view boundaries as expansive rather than constrictive. Yes. And this applies to every relationship in your life. Like you were yeah. like, there is something to knowing that if you set a boundary with your partner, boundaries invite everyone into higher integrity, which is inherently expansive. You are inviting authentic connection and presencing every time you set a boundary. And in that, boundaries are a love language. Boundaries are an act of kindness. Boundaries tell the world how you are available to be loved. And I think it's not only do your kids receive it differently, but I think it's in part because rather than just, and I've been here obviously, but rather than I'm still sometimes, I'm just like, knock off. What are you doing? You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but rather than like barking out language that is constrictive and like closes you. You are writing cosmic contracts when you straight up say, I am available for this. And manifestation that at its finest. <laughs> your children and your home, but that that's everywhere. That touches everything. Yeah. And so for me, finding that language, I think took a while because 
if it's not modeled for you, where is it coming from? Right. Like if, yeah. if you weren't spoken to this way, like you literally don't have the vocabulary, your brain doesn't arrange words in that order and you have to hear it somewhere. And yet so much of the alternative or more conscious language around parenting that I was exposed to in my early years of parenthood were, were still so focused on the child's experience. It was so gentle. It was kind of open for interpretation. It was really focused on how they felt receiving the boundary rather than how you felt embodying it. Mm. And especially with my oldest, which again is just the brilliance of him being the lighthouse that he is. If there is any hint that your boundary is malleable, it is not. He's bending it. And he's not going to treat it as such. Yeah. Like it, you did not even talk. If you're not going to, if you're not going to set a boundary worth setting, you didn't set one. It's Mm -hmm. like the world that you are existing in with him. And so it made a huge difference for me, but I also didn't want to like go control, right? I didn't want to be like, I'm the parent and I'm saying this is what I'm available for. And so you're going to this and that, you know, because I said so hard to them. Right. So for me, I arrived to a place where I speak from a place of value. And if I'm going to set a boundary, I connect it to our family value that Mm -hmm. is the foundation of that boundary being set. And I find that if I don't have a family value to connect it to, it's probably my ego and I probably need to shut up. I love that. And that happens sometimes. I go to set a boundary and I get like halfway through it and I'm like, oh, I don't have a valid reason for this. Never mind. And I'll tell them, I'm like, you know what? Never mind. Sorry. I don't think I have a good reason for telling you not to do that. Go ahead. Yeah. And like, how powerful is that? Like you're honoring them and in turn, it, it teaches them how to honor you. You know, like it just, it's, it's so powerful. And I think you're exactly right of like, we, I didn't have a model of this language. And so like, I can, thank you for that and your work for that and how you show up in the world and how you share your experience of motherhood. And I think that's what is so powerful about rising into that level of leadership in motherhood for yourself and for your own family, but for other moms. And it was so rooted in my journey when I, you know, going through like my postpartum and my recurrent miscarriage journey and and then in turn, which started um, like Luna Rosa and all of these things, it was all of these pieces of cultivating that community of and that village of other women that I didn't have. And I think that even when it's just through social media or it's just through seeing somebody's posts, like I don't think we all realize how much impact that we have on someone else's life on the other side of the the North America or wherever that we are and so being an integrity and how you show up and how you express that it's it's invaluable it like it, it truly is and the way that you know you can show how to really presence yourself in motherhood without being depleted do you ever get and I'm interested do you ever get like people in the comments like just like 
like like the haters that are just like that's not real that's just the that's just the highlight reel do you know what I mean because you see that all the time when you know you see moms that are like I just love motherhood and there's so much bliss and beauty I know exactly what you're talking about and I know you don't you don't bypass the hard but are there ever people that come into your world and that are like this is not real not anymore not really when I first I think my only like real tangible taste of that was after I had my first and I was living in Seattle and just demographically speaking, I was significantly younger than most mothers that I would encounter. I was freshly 22 and people are not having children at 22 in Seattle, um, typically. And, And so there was already kind of a dissonance between the space I was in and the space other mothers around me were in outside of my like immediate community. But being able to share how much I looked postpartum, that was the first space where I was like, people weren't rude, but like the conversation would die. <laughs> because I had zero complaints. I was, I was literally, I was like, oh, it was like, I've never even done drugs. And I can tell you that's better than drugs. Like I <laughs> could live in that space. That was yeah. like, I was like, oh, it's the happiest I've ever been. I've never felt so safe in my body. I've never felt so vibrant. I had so much energy. I was sleeping so much. I've never loved my husband more. Like I was living in a rose tinted universe. Yeah. And for people who, whose experience was so different from that, it was like, they, they couldn't match the frequency of that. They literally could not meet me in that space. And so there would just be rupture and not like a big painful one, but just like, like I said, the conversation died. I, Every once in a while, we'll have women, usually in like my DMs, where it's part curiosity and it's part them really wanting me to help them justify their own victimhood. Mm. They're wanting to tell me about how that looks really lovely. And I would love if I could have that. They don't not believe me, right. but it's this wanting me to give them permission to believe that they're not capable of it mm, and that they can by have telling me oh my husband this or our finances this or this is the house that we live in or this is and they'll I don't ask but I've had women share with me the reasons why they can't and it's as if they want me to come back and be like oh I completely understand yeah you're right Where, you can't <laughs> oh you're right you can't and I I just refuse I'm not going to victimize women I'm not going to infantilize mothers I'm not going to pretend that you're not capable of creating your own life. And so often too, it's been situations where I'm like, oh, you have so much more money with, than I do right now. Like, <laughs> I don't know what, and I'm sitting over here what I'm going through, but like, let me tell you, I have been homeless with my children. I have been hungry with my children. I have had zero, zero, zero dollars with my children. I have been in a hundred square feet. I have been without hot water. Like I have had some very difficult situations to navigate during my motherhood. Mm-hmm. And there has not been a single point where I was incapable of accessing joy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really where I come from and the gift of the postpartums that I've had and how much of a blessing and why that's like always part of the conversation for me. Like I'll never stop talking about it, yeah. even though my work doesn't really center it anymore is that that is where I learned you can hold, it's not just motherhood gives you your highest highs and your lowest lows. It's you can hold them both in one hand at the same time. Yeah. 
And so often people, women, mothers get this tunnel vision where the heart is all we see. And the more that you allow yourself to be blasted open, even by those hard spaces, the density that finds you in motherhood is unlike anything. But if in those heaviness, you allow yourself to be fully present with it, you allow yourself to open to it, to be broken apart by it, you are also open to your blessings. You are also open to your joy. You are also open to your ecstasy. And it's really when you close around your experience, harder, harder, easy, or good or bad, that's when you start blocking yourself. And so for me, that devotion to myself and devotion to motherhood and devotion to our bodies is I am going to choose to be in holy surrender to life itself as it arrives to me in faith that that is my best way to be loved by the universe. That everything that comes to me is trying to love me better. And if I close around any part of it, I'm closing to all. I think this goes so beautifully into even what we were chatting about in our DMs the other day um, or last week. I don't know. What what day is it? What month is it? Um, <laughs> but just talking about how, you know, so much – you were just talking about how much you moved through through your journey of motherhood. And it's not until we can see all of this from the higher perspective and see the lessons and the learning and the love and the the journey – in all of these experiences that we're having and like where they are taking you to mm -hmm. throughout a lot of them are going to be the really hard times but when we get to this place of neutrality and stop holding like letting our ego run the show on you know why relationships are so hard or like why like motherhood is just hard we bring ourselves to this neutrality on it and then we that's when we can see the gifts that's when we're open to the path forward what's that like for you now with so many of your own death and rebirth cycles over the last you know like the last year and moving into mm. motherhood a lot on your own and like holding that and and also holding that space for I can, like I said before, and I can say it now, it's like I can feel it. I can feel this divine masculine energy that just is coming into your world. It's like, it's like it's here. It's like it's right well, here. Nobody on, <laughs> nobody on the podcast can see my hand. <laughs> it's but right like, by her face. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Like, what is that? What's that like for you in terms of, of, do you feel like you have to hold more because their dad holds less? Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. For yeah. sure. I do. I mean, yeah, I, I practically speaking, just like lo the logistics of physical <laughs> actions and what it takes to like support a family. Yeah. He makes the bulk of the money. Yeah. And he pays the bulk of the bills. Yeah. Aside from that, he doesn't, he's never woken up with them. He's never done a bedtime. And so, so much of that too is like married or not, it hasn't actually mattered. Yeah. Um, I hold less now that we're separated than when we were married because mm -hmm. I am no longer holding him. Yeah. And so that's been a different process. Um, 
but it also has been this really interesting dance, I'd say over the last like two years of really, really working with the possibility of separation and untangling of finding this balance between, I know that I want to be able to soften and surrender and flow and, and get into that deep feminine state that magnetizes my desires to me and also creates the kind of haven in my home that my children need from me. Like they need me to be an embodied mother. They need me to be willing and capable of going to those places. While also knowing like there's not the masculine containment that holds that I also have to do that work. And so it's been quite a dance of looking at, for me, and this is something we dig into in Rooted and it's probably honestly just in there because it's been such a part of my own process, but yeah. it's, <clears throat> re-partnering with the divine masculine through life not your husband not the father of your children but through life and all the places where he this masculine force finds you protects you provides for you adores you and loves you mm -hmm. and that looks like creating really solid back-end and structure in my business and allowing when I had like a friend and old client that was like if you let me in on this course, I'll be your VA. And I was like, yep, like have at it. I will give you anything you want. Like, Please help me. Be that structure for me. And the more I allow that, the more I soften and, and structuring my home and our daily structure and our flow and our rhythm in a way that it is not without effort, but close to it for me to access nourishment during the day. And I think this is where so many women get caught when we're mothering in isolation is, I want to rest. I want to be nourished. I want to soften. I want to slow down. But I would have to do so much extra work to create an environment where I get to do that, that it's literally not worth doing in this moment. And this is how nourishment in the modern world feels inaccessible to mothers. Yeah. And so my work and rooted and like the bulk of my offerings and my conversations with one of one clients, like most of it is about how do you shift the structure of your life and the containment of your life to allow nourishment to be easily accessible? to open your ability to just choose it and to just step into it. And that's how I'm managing all the things that I hold is I'm dipping into a place of receptivity many times every hour. Yeah, I'm turning towards a moment to check in with myself somatically. I'm turning towards a bit of movement. I'm choosing to untuck my tailbone and do some diaphragmatic breathing while I'm cooking it. Like whatever it may be, I am continuously turning towards my own nourishment. And the more that I practice that, the more I get to dissolve this illusion that it's out of reach. Mm. Because it is an illusion, but it's an illusion that's actively constructed by us and our mind and our beliefs and our embodiment. And yes. so the second part of Rooted, it's, it's the practical bits of rhythm and ritual and all of that, but it's also frequency work. It's somatic work. It's embodiment work. Of, okay, this is what you want. This is what it feels like to want that, to let yourself be flooded by desire, to let yourself 
find the places in your life where the frequency of nourishment are already there. When do you feel nourished? Is it when you sit down to dinner? Is it when you get in the shower? Can you notice the nourishment of running cool water over your hands as you wash them after like making beef patties for your children? Like, where are you finding the frequency of nourishment? Mm, and choosing to be presenced in that. And be presenced with it so it builds your awareness of it. And now, now that you know what it feels like, you know what it doesn't feel like. And it's from that place that you then get to construct that nourishment. I'm making it bigger. That's that place of yes, thank you, more, please. Yeah. And you begin to create structures in your life and boundaries in your life that support that arriving to you. You give the universe a pathway to say, oh, you wanted more? Here. And, and it can I land with you because you're available. Yeah. I was just going to say, I think that's where so many mamas are getting stuck at continuously choosing the path of for lack of for malnourishment they're choosing yeah. the path of hard when there's so much joy there's so much oh I call them my magic moments or my magic mornings especially like and this is something that has made every bit of difference for me in my mothering journey and in my my solopreneur journey is making sure I know what nourishes me and I know what regulates me, allowing myself to be present with my feelings and not just like pushing them down, mm -hmm. but then choosing to step into those each and every day. And the magic of it all is my sons see me doing that. Like at the very beginning of my oh. nervous system regulation journey and like this was long before Wilder was born, but like Easton would be like 18 months or two years old and I'd be having my tantrum meltdown on the kitchen floor, just starting my own journey, like my own bit of a spiritual awakening, my own healing and, you know, be hyperventilating. And then I'd just be like taking deep breaths and taking deep breaths and just like remembering to breathe. And then it would get to the point that like the next time I had a meltdown, my two-year-old was coming over to me and saying, it's okay, mama, just breathe. Don't forget to breathe, mama. Yeah. And he's almost six and he's doing that now and my two-year-old does it and I don't I don't have to I don't even say it it's just innately passed down and that's the piece I feel like mothers are missing because when it starts with them it innately gets passed down to their kids and they don't have to you know they don't have to teach them they just have to do it for themselves first our babies yeah. want to mimic and mirror everything that we're doing and how that's can we best support them that's by supporting us parents. yeah, yeah. <laughs> in that model I other mammals don't keep their parents around the same way. other mammals don't intimately parent their children for quite so long but humans are highly complex social creatures <laughs> and our children need the model of how human for a while and they're missing it if yeah. we get so hyper fixated on our responsibility to them and their childhood, that we forget to model to them what is adulthood. Yeah. And then you have entire generations, and I think this is pretty obvious that this is happening. You have entire generations of people that never feel like they've arrived to adulthood. This is where you have like 35 year olds that are like, oh, I can't imagine having a kid yet. I'm like, when do you think you do that? Like on a biological level. Yeah. 
it's not 45. Like, when do you <laughs> And we're seeing a lot of people in their 40s ready. starting. Never feeling ready to have the relationship, create the business, make the friendship, close the door, open the door, have yeah. the child. And I think we have this like perpetual almost childhood that extends far into physiological adulthood mm. because we are lacking the model of like, this is what it looks like to be an adult. This is what it feels like to be an adult. This is what the experience of being adult is. And you know that because you've intimately watched it through your life. Yeah. And it doesn't mean I'm ever making my children responsible for my experience. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean, that, I mean, there's still so much that I don't show them and that I don't allow them to witness. And that right. just isn't theirs to even see because they'll inherently try to hold it. A lot of that is like dynamics between me and daddy. Yeah. I'm just like off the table. I'm processing yeah. that later. Yeah. Because preserving their sense of continuity. Yeah. And they will yeah. hold it without you even intentionally giving it to right. them. Totally. But when it comes to like, I don't pretend that my children are incapable of making me mad or hurting my feelings or doing things that are frustrating to me. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't pretend. And like, is it their responsibility that I'm angry? Nope. Totally mine. It's in, and I say this to them, it's in my body. So it's, it's my anger. It's my responsibility. Yep. And at most I'll be like, I'm feeling a lot of anger come online in my body. Hold on a second. And I'll like pause the conversation and I'll move or I'll, whatever it is that like needs to transpire, I allow it. And they witness that and I'll be like, okay, I'm holding a little bit less. I'm available. Hit me with it. What's up? But <laughs> if I were to guide my children through that, especially my first and second sons, if I were to be, when they're upset, if I were to be like, oh, like what kind of animal are you feeling? They would tell me to fuck off so <laughs> fast. They don't, the people like, oh my goodness, the tips yeah. to like hold up your fingers and have them blow out the candles. No, no. Take a deep breath. No. Do you want to hit a pillow? No, I want to hit you. Are you kidding <laughs> Like it does not compute. However, when they see me do it, I see them use it. Mm -hmm. And when I use that language to describe my experience, I then get to see that mirrored in them where you know, my six-year-old hit his little brother and I go, whoa, buddy, what happened there? What was that experience? What happened? And he says, my hands felt really hot and fast and I just hit to get rid of it. Like that's, that's somatic work. That is somatic awareness and then yeah. somatic experiencing and then creating a body movement to metabolize the sensation of his feeling. If I were to try to teach that to a six-year-old, it would mean nothing. No. And if anything, he he at least maybe other sexual, but this beautiful child would totally resist it. Yeah. But it comes and he gets to have that experience of himself because he watches me have that experience. And if I were to pretend that my motherhood is not happening and that we're only in their childhood, he wouldn't have any space to orient towards his own experience outside of his own experience and mothers are, are are having this happen too where where do you look where else can you orient you feel 
trapped in your own experience because it's like there's nothing else to even look to. You're just surrounding it. Just in it. And there comes again that value of having other women and having other mothers to model it. And it's not that you just absorb their template. I'm so careful to never provide templates. Like I don't want to tell anyone how to I don't want to tell people how to parent. I totally. don't like I don't know what you need. Right. Don't act like I don't know. <laughs> That's yeah. not like, but I'll share my framework for how you know that's why I talk about like I would never tell someone have this rule in your house no well the rule in my house is we this 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 I always respond but well nourishing our bodies is a family value so what that looks like sometimes is telling my children that we are going to blank because we nourish our bodies in this family right that provides the framework of like so whatever your family values are you get Insert. to figure out where and how and when you want those to be reflected in your life. And mm. I think it starts a lot with um, just figuring out what your values are, because yeah. I don't think a lot of us know. Yeah. And it's something that I've started to think about. It start like even with getting the kids to do things around the house or um, the value that I also have. I shifted so much over this last especially in my, in my business journey, the last five years, it was just like, go, 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 do, 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 disassociate from everything else because I needed to prove myself in my business. And this is, this past year was like, no, but like I am my business and my, and I am my family and orienting to that is what makes me better as a guide, as a leader in, in the role that I carry out in my business. And slowing down to that process and what it means to allow my kids to guide me more instead of running the show all the time and like running and like hiding away and just feeling like I needed to like get things done to prove myself like when it comes for you and I really I want you to tell me all about Rooted because I think it's an incredible offering but I but first I want you to tell me what it looks like for you in your business how does your creation and offering process look like when it's coming from a place of like nourishment and integrity, not forcing and pushing and pulling to like get something out there? Yeah. Yeah. I resisted it for such a long time because I felt like extending myself beyond my children would inherently compromise my motherhood. Mm. And I, and I was, I was at capacity, right? Where I was like, I can't put something on the table for me. Are you kidding? And we were in a place where we were still married, but we weren't doing well. And their father was like, you need to make money. And I was like, are you kidding me? With what time? With what brain? I don't, I was like, I have a brain in me. Like, I can't even have a conversation with you. And I'm going to talk to other people about stuff. Like, what are you I couldn't. And it was, it was though, the story of like, I couldn't, I don't have enough. I couldn't, I don't have enough. I couldn't because I had this idea that it would be in opposition to my experience as a mother. Mm. And so when I got to a place where I was like, do I have to, like, I don't have a choice not to, I really wrote this contract with myself and with life that I will not do anything that betrays my body or the body of my children. 
that's and that's really like my core value when it comes to business. I will not do anything that betrays the bodies of me or my children. Mm -hmm. So, and I wrote the concept that like, and that's how business is going to work for me because it's going to keep me safe. It's going to make me magnetic and I will have more success and I will have more abundance and I will have more alignment the more I hold this boundary. That is my safest way to be. Mm. And I will fail if I betray myself. Failure only finds me if I betray my body or my babies. Mm. And as long as I don't, it is impossible for me to mess up. Mm. And so what that looks like is, you know, (laughs) this happened the other day, a couple of days ago, like 48 hours before a launch. And I like needed to write some copy and Liam was not happy. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do that after bedtime. And he just wouldn't let go. Every time I get out of bed, it was 90 seconds and he'd call me back. And I tried a couple of times, which is fair, until I was like, okay, it's not happening. I'm going to sleep. Mm-hmm. My body doesn't want to peel away from my child again. My child doesn't want me to peel away. But oh, well, it'll get done tomorrow somehow. That must be more correct than what I'm trying to force. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't more correct, it wouldn't keep coming. You're exactly right. That's that place of like letting our, letting our bodies and our children's bodies lead us. That's exactly like that is the, that is the upcurrent stream. I swam for, I want to say four or five years and, but it was coming from this place of needing to prove myself to my mom or my family or the people that I just wanted to see me. I'm projector, right? Mm -hmm. I need to be seen and heard and Mm -hmm. recognized. Mm -hmm. And when I don't get that, especially from the core people that should, it's like this constant, right? And so this was the work of me, like seeing myself first. And I saw you write that or say it in a story once and it sat with me. And I noticed myself, I even catch myself sometimes, even actually today, I was just like, again, writing some copy, I'm launching um, a new offering next month as well. And every time, literally every time I'd sit down at the computer, Wilder would come over and he would come on and start tapping on the computer. I'm like, no, mommy, I just really want to get this done. And like the mm-hmm. frustration was building up and I was like, ah, but if I don't get out of my head, it won't, won't come now. Right. Like, and then, so I surrendered and I was just like what's coming through right now isn't meant to come through so I'm gonna surrender follow my body because my body's now tense and I'm now gonna be forcing my body knows and I'm gonna be where I need to be and come back to it and trust that's the key is I feel like trusting that process trusting that surrender trusting that divine feminine when we allow ourselves to step back and take that space the gold lands. The gold just comes to us. We don't have to force it. And it's so, I feel, so many women have such gold and such wisdom within them that either have businesses or want to have businesses and they want to put their wisdom out into the world, but they use their kids as the excuse when their kids, I find, are actually the driving force and the magic. That's why I'm an entrepreneur. Because there was no way I was going back to like my nine to five job and seeing my kids for 15 minutes a day. Like it was just, 
before um I want you to tell me about Rooted and I want you to tell me what your mission is behind this and like it is just it's it's a movement <laughs> from I've read all about it I want to jump into it I want to soak up every ounce of wisdom that you have to give because as much as I can nourish myself like being alongside <clears throat> another mama who is in it it makes it feel even more possible so tell me tell me all about it yeah oh it's like it's my favorite <laughs> like I'm so excited to go and like join that space again and be in the frequency of other mothers because it's so and it's why it is a group space a community space because it's not that you are like this village is a replacement for having like practical supports in your life but it is the space of having the soundboards and the framework of other women and the spaces to the space to orient towards your own nourishment and see what works for others we lack this model culturally we lack yeah. the model you arrive to motherhood and you've never seen anyone birth and maybe you've never seen anyone breastfeed and you've never seen anyone discipline and you've never seen anyone hold a boundary around their nourishment and so there's like how do you do it yeah how do you do it and it is it is just a dirty trick it would it would be like a nasty lie for me to tell women they can do it by themselves yeah and it's not we're tribal beings women are capable. <laughs> it's because like we are interdependent as a species yes and none of us more so than mothers no one needs other humans as much as mothers need other humans. I think we're the only culture that mothers alone. Mothers alone. It's so bizarre. It's so bizarre and it's so inappropriate. And so, yeah, mother is rooted is this culmination of what that process was like for me to gather resources and gather all these tools and practices and somatic work and nervous system care and how to feed myself and how to get minerals and all that really practical work yeah. of, of like taking action in my life. Yeah. But also this feminine embodiment and energetic sovereignty and this setting your foundational frequency mm. so that you can actually receive it yeah. and integrate it. Because I have this experience of you know like getting to like I, I knew I had some baggage from childhood or from my family yeah and yet I became a mother and I was like whoa so that's so much more than I thought <laughs> was waiting for me like oh my goodness it doesn't rear its head really until motherhood I was like I don't know what to do with any of this <laughs> and, and then I started reading or learning or gathering resources and ideas of, I'm going to read about polyvagal theory, and I'm going to look at whatever it might be. And and then, and yet I was like, okay, but now I'm like too tired to do any of it. Like, I, I don't have time. I don't have space. I don't know how, this is all up in my head. And I'm holding it in my head, but I'm still like, okay, I'm aware of the like monster in the closet that was hiding. I like have my sword and shield but I'm too weak to lift it. 
but yeah. I, I still don't know what to do. And now I have this new problem. Um, I need space to take care of myself, but I don't have that space until I take care of myself. And like, I don't know. Like where do you even start, it. right? <laughs> and what it eventually ended up being, and I wish I had had anyone in my life that was like, you know, maybe you can inch forward this way. I really just stumbled, which is fine because I get to be this now, but it was finding this balance of what is available to me and how do I build on it? Mm -hmm. Where is my nourishment? Okay. Can I let myself fully receive it? Mm -hmm. Can I let myself orient to it? Can I create a boundary around it? Ooh, that's terrifying. What is it like to hold myself on that edge? Yeah. Okay, can I make a little structure for that? Oh my God, look, there's more nourishment. Oh, that worked. And building from there. Mm. And so rooted is all of that. It is the daily practice. It is the rhythm. It is the framework for identifying your family values and identifying your core values of yourself and what makes you feel loved and how you show up in the world. And this frequency of really shifting how you are arriving to yourself mm. and knowing that that's, that is what sets the tone for your life and that you deserve to have that and your children deserve to see that from you. Mm. And more than anything, it's in this root space and it is a container because in order to start playing with those edges, you need to be able to access safety. Mm -hmm. This is the hierarchy of needs. You need to be able to have somewhere that you are accessing unshakable safety. Yeah. And so if that isn't in your body and if that isn't in your marriage and if it isn't with your own parents, or where is it? And so it's also this work of locating and reviving a felt sense of safety in the body and knowing that you get to co-regulate with other mothers and with me and that you are safe and there's no shame and there's no guilt and there's no judgment and not a single person is ever in there that is like, oh, oh, she's never, no. never. I, I, Susa, I... I don't hold it and therefore none of the women that arrive to me hold it and therefore That's no right. one's ever going to experience it. Your space is not available for that frequency. It's not available. It is safe. And so you get to tap into safety. Then you yeah. get to access nourishment and then you get to feel emboldened to seek it. Mm. And it changes not just your motherhood, but your entire life. Almost instantly. You have an incredible amount of capacity to hold and it's so beautiful to watch you honor those ebbs and flows in your own life and then to be able to open that up from that heart space to the women who really really are like ready and empowered to choose themselves and I think that is where all of this work begins when we want our outer world to shift and change we want some we want to experience a different reality we want to experience nourishment and more love in our life it starts within and I just mm -hmm. I'm so excited for this journey for you and for all of the other women who are going to be profoundly impacted by 
just being in your frequency, just like, I mean, anytime we connect and especially tonight, um, maybe we'll just close off. Is there anything you would like to, what advice would you give to a mother who is ready to reclaim her motherhood? Like, what would you say to her if she was just like, I am ready to choose me. Where do I start? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it is it is to trust it's to trust yourself and and more than that to trust God or whatever your concept of that is that mm. life life all of it every single piece of it is moving in service of you mm. none of it is happening to you none of it is ever for a single second against you. Which means that if you hit a point where you have a desire to shift something, it is inescapably, inherently, innately within your capacity to succeed. Mm -hmm. It cannot be in your awareness. It will not be within your desire if it is not within your capacity. And it can be terrifying. It can be terrifying to move beyond the templates that you've been existing in. Mm -hmm. And especially when we're talking about nourishment, receptivity, safety, we're also talking about worth. When we're talking about motherhood, we're also talking about your childhood. Yeah. Which means so many of these templates were written when you couldn't talk and couldn't walk and you were the infant that was like, hungry but fed on a schedule or yep. sleep trained or whatever that might be and so it's these big edges and it can be intimidating but if it's within your awareness within your desire it's within your capacity mm. and and the, like big scary monster of that dissolves the second you decide that you're willing to be present with it mm. it loses its power the second you decide that you're willing to be yeah, it just comes back down to that choice. Yeah. Oh, I could so talk fine. to you forever. <laughs> I know. People I know. in your life that make you feel like you are capable of being present in the moment. Yeah. And it, it expands from there. That's really, that's like all of it is how can you be present in the moment? Yeah. What's holding you back from being fully present in this moment? And how can we release that? Hmm. Oh my gosh. I love this so much. I'm, I'm going to make sure I get all of the details for Rooted as well for anyone who's listening who wants to join in this incredible journey of reclaiming their motherhood and mm -hmm. what that really looks like to start shifting into a place of being so nourished, so rested, so loved. And I think the thing is, is like, it's not to say that like life doesn't happen and that you know, child, children don't happen, but yeah. to be able to approach it all from a place of being so grounded and so regulated and so rooted, if you will. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it's just, I know from my own experience and my own work that I have, have done in this area of my life, it's, it's everything. And to be able to be this version of me now, and that that's, that's the version that my children get 
That's the version like my grandbabies are going to get and it's only going to evolve and it's only going to get better to be able to invite other women in on that journey because we just deeply really want it for them too. I think that that is where the power is. And I think that is where, I don't know, I think that's where like culture and society is moving into is like learning and growing with soul, soul family and and creating that and like you said finding safety in that because I know even when I hold like my own events or like moon circles or whatever it is and there's so many women that they want to come but they're like but my but my friend won't come with me but I'm like but this is a safe place for you and they don't even know what that means to have space held for them so oh I could chat with you forever and that little (laughs) sweet angel is just ready to go to sleepy I wish all the people could see that little face. Oh my gosh. We will chat again soon. Is there anything else that I missed today? Oh, if not, I will put all of your details in the show notes as well. So everybody can find you. If you haven't already connected with all of the magic I always share from Nicole on Instagram, but I want to make sure everybody can get access to your wisdom and your light as well, because it is, it's just, it's just that it is pure wisdom and pure love and pure light. And it's, yeah, you're magic, my friend. And I'm so grateful to know you. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much for chatting. I just, I love talking to you. It's so, <laughs> it's so delightful to thinking and have these conversations. It's so grounding and illuminating every time I dip into this space. It is. Oh, I love it so much. Okay, my darling, you have a beautiful night and we will chat to you soon. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning in today. You can connect with me on Instagram at meetyoursoulmagic or check out my website, meetyoursoulmagic.com to check out all of the offerings we have to support you on your journey through life and business. (music) 